This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Alright, so this morning again, we will try to finish up this teaching, at least on my part, on dealing with death. And my subtitle for this uh teaching was death enemy of god and so hopefully uh throughout this teaching you've been able to understand why this title is there and understand that truly <clears throat> death is an enemy of god is the last enemy that's going to be destroyed and I, I love the point about our victory is in jesus and when it comes to dealing with death this is something that we all must have to face like i said you will have either a loved one that's passed away a family member that's passed away friends, again, family, somebody you know will have passed away. Even yourself, guess what? You will pass away. It's according to man. The Bible says according to man to, to die and then comes the, ju- the judgment. So this is the path that we all will take one way or the other. Um, so it's good to understand what it means and, and all the teaching that went before this message. Again, tying all these, these messages together, connect the, not, the dots because it's so important for us to understand what we believe on this side because what we believe on this side will carry us forward to the next side there's life after death I know that sounds funny there is life this is called eternal life after death you will live on alright so again this teaching really my objective really was not so much to examine death as it was to believers know that we have victory over death through Jesus Christ and the first thing we started with is not talking about death but talking about life and talking about God because God is the source of all life. God is life. We, you know, we serve a living God. You know, I love these things. I mean, these things to me just, just continue to resonate, right? How good God is. God is about life. It's not about death. And you think about even God's word. is life. It's living. The Bible talks about how his word, the word of God is quick in, that, in, that, in Hebrews 4 and 12. What I mean by quick, it means it's alive. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Right, dividing asunder the, the join and the marrow. In those very intentions of, of our of our hearts. Divides the spirit and the soul. I mean the word of God cuts through everything. Why? Because it's alive. It deals with us. And that's how God is. God, we serve a living God. God is a source of all life. And so we saw how in, in Genesis chapter two how God breathed into man and man became a living soul. Meaning that man has a spirit, a soul, and a body. And that's so important to understand. That's, that is the makeup of man. And so now when we deal with death, what happens at death that we're talking about, this physical body, natural body that you have, is going to return to the dust of the ground. But your spirit and your soul, it shall stay intact and it shall continue on. And we, we spent plenty of time looking at an example of that with the rich man and with Lazarus. Right? Now, the physical body is going to return to the dust of the ground, but you, who you really are, your spirit and soul, it stays intact and it moves on. Because why is that so important? Because, again, what you remember, what your thoughts were, what your belief system was on this side, you will carry it on to eternity. And, again, I keep mentioning this. You know, we go, we, if you go to a funeral service or you have those, those kind of, you know, funerals that, that have and home going that goes on and, and you sit there and there's a casket that's there and there's a body that's in there. That's just a physical body. The real person is gone. They're not even there anymore. 
And like I said, it's very evident, right? Because think about this. Even after the, the funeral is done, even after they go to the grave site, even after, you know, the, the, the body is, is put to the, to the, underneath the, the earth, right? And you go back later and you go to the grave site and you, you people sit, people are out there talking to the grave site. That person is gone. They're at that person's grave talking like they, they're, like they're in that grave. The real you is gone. This is a physical body that, guess what, decaying. It's returning to the dust of the ground. But the real person, they are gone. They are not there at all. And the Bible is very clear about that. To be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. You are, that real you are gone. And so when we look at this word death, we gave a definition of it for this teaching. Uh, for an unnatural separation or severance from something to which it belongs. It's an unnatural separation or severance from something to which it belongs. And so in this case of physical death, the separation from the spirit, from the body, that happens at the time of death. Your spirit leaves this body, your soul leaves this physical body. That's what I mean by death. The transition happens. Now, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Again, this has kind of been our key passage of Scripture during out this teaching. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse number 12. It says, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. But now, is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as Adam, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign to have put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. So in this passage of scriptures, we've been calling out and understanding that there is a resurrection of the dead. That means death is not the final outcome, is not the final uh, resting place, is not the final destination. There's life after this physical death. And the grave is not the final holding place. And then we testify that because God has raised up Christ from the dead. That makes Jesus both Lord and Christ. He alone stands in that title. And by him being Lord and Christ, again, those that have fallen asleep in Christ, in the Lord... Again, we mentioned that they're, 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 we consider them as falling asleep. Meaning that those, that, their loved ones that have, that have died, that passed away, 
in the Lord. They're asleep. And what's so special about this? Because it's a place of peace. A place of comfort. Again, there's no more suffering. No more pain. No more anguish. No more turmoil. See, these are the things that, that brings for peace and comfort to us. That we know that, hey, our loved ones that have passed away in the Lord, they are just asleep. They're resting. It's a place of rest. Where those that have not received Jesus as their Lord and Savior has passed away, there is no rest for them. There's no peace for them. They're in torment. And so we also talked about how Jesus, and we looked at this, Jesus our Lord, again it says that by Christ shall all be made alive. He is of the resurrection and the life. What does that mean? That all power to restore and maintain eternal life resides in Him. He has that power and authority alone. He has a power and authority to grant us eternal life. And so we looked at this in the, about the resurrection. We talked about there are two resurrections. The resurrection of the just, that's the resurrection unto eternal life for those that believe on Jesus Christ. And then the resurrection of the unjust, that's the resurrection unto eternal damnation. And that is for the unbeliever or the unsaved, where they will have eternal punishment for those who have not, do not believe on Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior for the remission of their sins. All right, and so now we're still here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. <clears throat> we talked about before, again, verse 26. It says, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And then we, we brought up and talked about how our Savior Jesus Christ has abolished death and brought to us life and immortality. And I love that. He alone has abolished death. Right? And he has brought to us immortality. Then we talked about, well, what is immortality? What does immortality look like? And so we're going to pick this up again in 1 Corinthians 15. What immortality looks like, starting at verse 51. It says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when the corruptible shall have put on incorruption. And this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Again, death the enemy of God. It is now swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But, thanks be to God, which has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that ye, that your labor is not in vain, in the Lord. This is to me is such a powerful scripture to understand. You know, people say, well, you know, is it worth it being a believer? Is it worth it being a believer in Jesus Christ? Yes, it is. Why is it worth it? Because I have the promise of victory over death. Where's the promise come from? Because I believe in Jesus Christ. That death is swallowed up in victory. 
See, I'm going to tell you, you know, as being a believer, as being a believer in Christ, Jesus, you know, I'm not, you know, weighing, uh, wallowing in, in, in my belief system. In other words, you know, I, regretting that I got saved. You know, oh, I wish I could have just stayed in the world a little bit longer. You know, I could have just kicked it a little bit longer in the world. You know, since I've been saved, you know, all the fun I've started. I'm like, come on. Understand, one thing about, when, when I love about these messages here, it talks about eternity. You better have a mindset of eternity versus where we are now is temporal. Your life is yet but temporal. The Bible says your life is yet but a vapor and soon pass away. And again, a vapor, a spray, like some Windex. You just spray it and all of a sudden, that, as that mist is gone, guess what? That's why your life is gone. Just that fast. But then for eternity, you're going to be, your decision is going to be uh, made based on what the choices you made on this side. And that choice was me as being a believer. I thank God I, I received salvation through Jesus Christ. I thank God I heard the gospel message. I repented of my sins. And I accepted Jesus Christ for, as my Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of my sins. I'm thankful for that. That's, that I'm saying, that's something that I hold dear and near to my heart. For what reason? For this reason. Because death is swallowed up in victory. And, we, and, and, and our thanks be to God that has given us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory is found through Jesus. That's powerful to me. So I'm going to tell you, stop complaining about your, your believer walk. I, I'm not going to say your Christian walk, your believer walk. Don't complain about being a believer. All that God has done through Jesus Christ, you complain about it. You know, the Bible talks of the sufferings of this world is not worthy to be compared to the joy that's going to be revealed when he comes. We complain so much about every little thing that goes on as believe, oh, this didn't happen, that didn't happen. No, we're still in a pandemic, we're still quarantined. God is faithful. He is faithful. Guess what? Even though, you know, I'm telling you, so the quarantine didn't stop you believing, did it? You know, like, also, what can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. The angels, no, no trials, no tribute, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Guess what? The pandemic, the virus, guess what? It's not power. It can't separate me from the love of God. It can't take nothing away from my walk with Him. See, I'm going to tell you, I, I am, I, I don't take these things for granted. What I mean, these things. My belief in Jesus Christ. No matter what happens outside, all the noise, no matter what happens in, in domestic issues with the families or, or friends or work or whatever it may be, I'm telling you, my, my belief system is intact. Because one day I'm going to see Him. I'm going to see the Lord. And you know, we all want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, my, my, my goal is to be part of the resurrection of the just. When I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, when, when he's going to judge every work that I've done in, my, in this flesh, since I believed. You know, the Bible says there are rewards, there are crowns that are given for those that have stayed faithful in this walk. See, I'm going to be found with the faithful. And maybe we'll get to that this, this morning, maybe not. You know, those are things. Be found with the, I want to be found with the faithful when it comes to the end of my days. Versus those that complained the whole time I was here. Can you imagine standing before God and God like, right, you know, you, <clears throat> you stand before God and you got to that place where, okay, well, I'm here, Lord. Like, really? I didn't know you really wanted to come. You know, in other words, you know, you ever had somebody invited you to uh, your house or you, you invite, and then people act like they didn't want to come? Like, you, you know, visit at my home. You know, guess what? You didn't have to come. It was your choice. And they get to your place and they complain about everything. 
God's like, I'm the one that redeemed you through the blood of Jesus. And you complain about that? You know, where's our, our attitude of thanksgiving? Where's our attitude of, of gratefulness for just being saved? Guess what? Regardless of whatever I, I regardless if I never get what I, my flesh wants to get here on this earth. Regardless if I don't make X amount of dollars. Regardless if I don't get married. Regardless if I don't have children. Regardless if I don't have sex. You know, regardless of those things that my flesh wants and desires, what I think life is all about. Regardless of that, can you still be thankful to God for what He has done? And act that way. Happy about it. Joyful about it. See, that's what I mean by, that's what, verse 57, but thanks be to God, which has given us, you know, not a husband, not a wife. He hasn't given you money. He hasn't given you a job. What, what am I thankful to God for? He's given me the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I am thankful for God for that victory. It's found in Jesus Christ, regardless of all the things that happen. We know this world is unjust. That's what, hey, that's what this world is. This, hey, this, this, this is not God's kingdom. We, we act like it is, but it's not. It is unjust. It is unfair. You know, but my victory is in Jesus. I'm thankful to God. See, that's what I mean by my least. I'm saying that's why when it gets to that time, when I see the Lord, when, I, when I, in, in my final day, when my transition happens, I'm going to be so thankful. I know, I know the folks on this side are going to be, you know, Hurt or whatever. Some of them will be <laughs> hurt or whatever because I'm going on. But I'm going to be, th- hey, don't, hey, don't cry for me. I'm heading to my, my, to my Lord and my Savior. I'm, I'm heading there. I made it. I'm transitioning. I'm, I'm waiting for you to come. Get immortality. Look at this in, in if I run out of time, I'm just, look at this in First Peter chapter 3. Because again, God is such a good God. I mean, we get so caught up with things that are happening around us and we just forget how good God is. I'm going to tell you, how good is God? He saved you. He sent the gospel message to somebody to preach to you and you received it and got saved. That is the greatest work that ever been done. I'm going to tell you, if you can't praise God for nothing else, praise Him for that. You'll be counted with the beloved. Anyway, first, first Peter chapter 3. I mean, first Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> Our victory is in Jesus. First Peter chapter 1, starting in verse number 3. It says, blessed. Now, we've been hearing so much stuff about blessed on our Wednesday night. We should really get an understanding what blessed is. I'm complete. I'm satisfied. Total. I mean, this is total. Blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So he has begotten us, delivered unto us this lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Again, this is a promise that I have. I have a lively hope. Again, again, going back to the point about God is alive. What is this lively hope? That means a hope that is alive. That hope that is alive is full of what? Mercy. That hope that is alive is guaranteed. There is no element un, un, of uncertainty in this. That's the hope that I have. I'm not wishful thinking. My, my lively hope is in God. Why? Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
I have a lively hope. See, I'm telling you, I have substance behind my hope. And the substance is, how do, you, how do you know what you believe? Because Jesus was raised by God from the dead. I can hold on to that. That's why my hope is alive. Again, that's why I mean I serve a living God. My hope is alive. And, and, people, and people are focused on dead things. Dead things are things that are going to pass away, that's going to, that's going to perish. My hope is in a living God. The, hope, the living God will never perish. There's no beginning and no ending with Him. It's alive. So I have this lively hope, again, full of mercy. It's living. All because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Blessed be God in the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy. See, again, that's what I'm talking about. You should be thankful. I'm thankful to God for His abundant mercy. That given begotten us, have begotten us again unto this lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To what? To an inheritance. Incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Oh, what an outstanding promise I have. I have the promise, because of this lively hope that I have, that God has given me by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I have the hope of an inheritance. There's an inheritance. What is this inheritance? An inheritance that's incorruptible. Again, this inheritance we're talking about is immortality. Again, we talk about what immortality looks like. It's incorruptible. It's undefiled. It faded not away. And guess what? This inheritance is reserved for you in heaven. See, just waiting to get your inheritance. See, that's what I'm saying. It's a joyous time. When it's time to transition from this, from this life to the next, I'm, I'm heading towards my inheritance. How, can, how am I heading, heading towards my inheritance? I stay faithful to God on this side. There's a reward for me on the other side. There's an inheritance. And that inheritance won't be incorruptible, it won't be undefiled, it fadeth not away, and it's reserved for me it's in heaven for you. I love that. For you. And I'm going to tell you, don't get your mind on, well, there's going to be money waiting on me. What, what do you need money for in, in heaven? What do you have to buy and sell in heaven? Get your mind off these. Hey, I know you've been, we've been on this side for that long. All we're thinking about is um, money. We think, well, we got a mansion. Don't get caught up in no houses and no cars. What, do you, what kind of house and car are you going to be driving in heaven? For what? God has provided all things. But I have an inheritance. Now, when it says inheritance is incorruptible, let me just break down some of these words. My inheritance is incorruptible. Incorruptible means uh, imperishable. Indestructive, unable to corrupt from the inside or the outside. That inheritance it has for me is imperishable. It won't perish. It's indestructible. Why oh, that sounds like God? Wow. Unable to corrupt from the inside or the outside. I got inheritance that will not be corrupted from the inside or the outside of that inheritance. And then it says undefiled. That means it's untainted. Undefiled. It's untainted. That means it's unable to be penetrated. That means nobody can't come in and mess up my inheritance. Nobody can't penetrate it and and bring corruption on it. It's incorruptible. That's the inheritance. 
and then fadeth not away. That means it's not subject to the ravages of time. I have inheritance that is not subject to the ravages of time. What do I mean the ravages of time? That means it doesn't spoil. It doesn't stour. Guess what? It doesn't age over time. You know, like we hear, new don't stay new long. That's on this side. On the other side, guess what? It, it doesn't age over time. It doesn't corrupt over time. That's what I mean by fading out of the way. And here's the thing about, I love this, about time and fading out of the way, fading out of the way concerning when it deals with time, with God. Look at this, we're still in First Peter. Turn to Second Peter chapter 3. I'm just trying to help you understand your inheritance. Again, you should be, hey, you should be happy waiting for the time this, this, to get this inheritance. Looking forward to it. You know, that's why I remember, I, and some things I remember, I remember some of, you know, those old, old folks, we said old for them, old for that went on to be with the Lord. Before they left, they said, hey, don't, don't cry for me. Because I'm crying for you. <laughs> You're still here in this world, son. Grandson, nephew. You the one I'm crying for. They was waiting for their reward. They were looking forward to it. They were looking forward to this inheritance. They was waiting for them, reserved for them. I mean, guess what? You got a reservation in your name. Thank God. You ever go to a restaurant and, you, and then you know you get there and there's a whole line and people are waiting and they're on a wait list and you walk up and say, oh, I got a reservation. And you pass like everybody else and you're going to get they got a seat there. Your seat right there reserved for you. You got a reservation of your inheritance. All right, faded not away. Let me get the first. That's the first Peter, second Peter, chapter three. Turn to second Peter chapter three because here's the thing that gets me when it talks about faded not away, not ravages to the, the effects of time. Second Peter chapter three. Look at this in verse number eight. Second Peter three and eight. It says, "But, beloved." Be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years. And a thousand years as one day. So that means, guess what? The concept of time will, will even change when we, when we get to this place. What I mean by the concept? How we view time. Now it says here again that one day... Is with the Lord as a thousand years has passed. One day. And you think about one day. Is that thousands of years? See, I'm telling you, you know, in our mind we think oh, we're waiting, it's taking so long, it's taking so long. How does a thousand years feel like one day? Let me tell you something. Have you ever spent I was, gonna say, I was gonna say spend time with the Lord, but I'm not gonna go there. If you spend time with someone you really care about or you really love, or you, all of a sudden you're just on the phone with them or you just spend a day with them and all of a sudden it seems like time just goes by so fast. Why? Because you're, you're more caught up in being in their presence than you are watching the clock. We ain't talking about work. Because <laughs> you know you're watching the clock at work. But we're talking about someone you're spending time. You're more, you're more focused on being in their presence. And when you're in their presence, time just seems to go. And then also you're like, wow, I got to, man, I got to get up. I got to, you know. 
you know, I got we got other things to do today because you didn't your whole day just passes away. And you're like, what did I do today? I spent time. You know, I think about the times that I, I, you know, me and my wife we get together and we do some things together, and it's like, it just where does the day it just pass by so fast? Because I'm just enjoying being in her presence. You know, you enjoy laughing, enjoying talking, enjoying talk. You know, just just being with one another, just being in their presence. Time seems to fly. And it was a constant. It's just amazing to me how the concept of time just you look at it, you view it differently. So now we we get to this place where we're with the Lord. One day is as a thousand years. A thousand years as one day. Look at this in Psalms ninety. The book of Psalms. 90. Oh my goodness, God is so good. Psalms 90. I'm telling you, it's on this side that we're concerned about. But when we get to this other, when we get to the other side, when we get to our inheritance, things are going to be totally different. You think about the cloud of witnesses now. They're with the Lord. How many years have passed for them? And our, our minds have been a long time. They're like, oh, you just, it seemed like just yesterday. It seemed like just yesterday. We're like, no, that was. 80 years, that was 90 years, that was since, we, since you passed away, like, that was just yesterday. Because they're with the presence of the Lord. Oh, God is so good. Psalms 90, look at this in verse number 1. It said, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth and ever, thou hast formed the earth and the world, the world even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Verse 4. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. In the Lord's sight, it says a thousand years are like, that was yesterday. A thousand years is like, oh, that was yesterday? A thousand years. See, the concept of time, the mentality of how we view time is even going to change. A thousand years are but yet like yesterday? Now, you remember your yesterdays, day before? But can you think about a thousand years? It's but yesterday. And then he says, as a watch. What is a watch? A watch is three hours. So now we're getting to even more granularity. A, a one day, uh, I'm excuse me, a, a, a thousand years is like three hours. A watch in a night. A three hour block of time is like a thousand years in the Lord's sight. See, I'm telling you, when we're, when we're with Him, when we're with our God, our Savior, our, our concept of time is going to be totally different. I'm telling you, it's going to be different. Here's the thing. Oh, let me just... There won't be no night. I understand. I'm ahead of myself. I mean, back up because I know some of y'all messed up. The way we view time now is, is these things are going to, it's not going to be the way it's going to be when we be with him. The time of a new heaven, new earth, when we're reigning with him, when we're serving him forever. He's going to be the source not only of our, of our life, but also the source of our light. There won't be any night, there won't be any darkness with him. I mean, again, it was just, time would just pass. 
God is so good. And again, we'll look up, it'll be, it'll be a thousand years, it'll be like, that was yesterday. See, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, to those times. That I'm looking forward to my inheritance. But I'm telling you, how I'm looking forward to my inheritance, I'm enjoying the time I spend with the Lord now, on this side. God is so good. That's why I was going to say earlier, you know, if you, if you ever spend time just, just meditating on the things of God, if you just spend time with the Lord, it's amazing how time just passes so fast. I'm talking about you spend time with the Lord. I ain't talking about studying for something you're doing. I'm talking about just spending time with God, with the Lord. Just thinking, Lord, I'm telling you, you can, you'll spend hours on top of You'll look up and hours have passed, and it seemed like it was just a few minutes. And it was hours that have passed. And all you're doing is thanking God for His goodness, His grace, His mercy, how you kept you and during times this and how He saved you. And you think back to where you used to be, where you came from, but, but then the thing about the mercies of God is where you are now. Like Paul says, it's by the grace of God that I am who I am. It's the grace of God that I am what I am. It's God's grace that has kept you throughout time when you had, even when you didn't even know the Lord. When those, those, those saints that went on before you that was praying for you. And you just spend time just thanking God for His grace. Hours have passed. I'm telling you, it's nothing like being with the Lord. And, and when you, it's the thing, but when, I'm, when you spend time with God, I'm telling you, everything else just blocks off. You know what I mean? Everything else is just noise. It's like the block of time I have when I spend with the Lord is like, it's like me and Him. And you know, people say, get in your prayer closet. Get, I'm just saying, I'm with the Lord. It's like everything just goes away. It's just me and him, his time. And I feel so refreshed. I'm like, oh God, thank you. Just spending time with him. He always reminds me of, hey, stay on purpose, son. Understand that there's a purpose. You know, where you've been brought here for such a time as this. Stay on purpose. Stay on purpose. That's what I always hear God says, says to me. Stay on purpose. Why? Because you only got so much amount of time. Then guess what? Your day is going to be up. There's a number to all our days. We don't know what that number is. But there's a number to our days on this side. And that means I got something I got to get done within that number. I got to stay on purpose. But to spend time with God, the concept of time just changes. Thousand years are yet, but yes, like yesterday, a watch or a watch in the night, three hours. It's like a thousand years. God is so good. Go back to First Peter chapter three. It says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundance <coughs> mercy have begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible." And undefiled, and, and faded not away. And I hope you understand what I mean by faded not away. My inheritance won't fade away. Reserved in heaven for you. That's my inheritance. And this inheritance is found in salvation. This is the time when you get, we talk about being saved. This is the time when we will realize our salvation. You know, the, the end of our faith, the end of a time we, where we have believed for will now be a reality. Our salvation. What do you mean by salvation? The time, let me read this in verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. I'm sorry, in the last time. 
So our faith, the end of our faith is our salvation. What I believe for, what I've hoped on, has now become a reality. That's my inheritance. That's the inheritance reserved for you. Salvation. Salvation what? Where you are free from death? You're free from sin? You're free from the very presence of sin. And I'm now in the, in the presence of, of my God. For when? For how long? Forever. Oh, that's a glorious day to be looking forward to. A glorious time to get to. Where I'm in the presence of God and my Lord, the God of my Father, of my Lord, all the days of my life, forever. That's the inheritance. That's the inheritance that's incorruptible. That faded not away. That's undefiled. Is I'm in the presence of God. Now look at this in Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21. Talk about these days. To look forward to. Revelation 21. Starting in verse number 1. It says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, and I John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. God himself shall be with them. In verse 4, and God himself that shall be their God for them will wipe away all their tears from their eyes. And there shall be again no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Oh. Get the all, he makes all things new. Again, I mean, the concept of thinking about that new means that it will never fade away, it will never be corruptible. That inheritance is sure. And again, he said unto, unto me, Write for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst, a fountain of water. Of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. That's the inheritance I'm looking for. That, that's the, the goal. That's the thing we're waiting for us. Those that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's hold on to this side. Those that are the true and the faithful on this side. Well, God indeed, His tabernacle will be with us. He will be our God. We truly should be the children of the Most High. Turn to Revelation chapter 22. That's why it's good to read the end of the book. It's good to see where the end is. We're so caught up where we are today. Listen, hey, but guess what? You need to get to the end. Revelation 22. Thank God, this is glorious time to think about. Revelation 22, look at this in verse number 1. And he 
Show me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and the Lamb. Again, a pure river of water of life. Again, all life proceeding out of, from God. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there, get this, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. And here we are, and his servants shall serve him. Again, these are glorious times to look forward to. Think about the great cloud of witnesses that went on before us that have believed, that have fallen asleep in the Lord. They have comfort, they have peace. There's no more curse. There's no more pain. There's no more sorrow. There's no more agony. There's no more turmoil. In verse 4, here to me is, the, is so powerful. Verse 4. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. I shall see his face. That means I shall see the face of who I have believed in. See, God is so good. I'm telling you, we think about these things on this side, but on that side, I'm going to see his face. Those that believed on him. And his name should be on their forehead. What does it mean by his name should be on their forehead? That means he lets you know that you identify with me. I belong to him. I'll see his face. Okay, now, you, you know, we're praying to God now. We don't see God naturally. But it's coming time, and this time you will see God, his face. I'll see his face. Now, we seek his face now, but to see his face. See I'm saying? God's not trying to hide nothing from you. God's waiting for you. Again, like I said, in his sight, a thousand years are like, but one day. God's waiting for this glorious time. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be what? No night there. No night. See, I'm telling you, you know, it's a place that you shouldn't even go, right? I know some of y'all love the night. Because stuff you're doing in the night, you think people can't see that darkness. But with God, everything is light. Everything is living. Stop doing that stuff you're doing in the nighttime. See, that's, that's for somebody. I love the nighttime. Well, I, you know something? I love the day. Where I can see. Where I can see Him. Because that's who God is. He's a living God. And there should be no night there. Again, talking about those thousand years to pass away. No night. And they, and, and they need no candle. Neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. That's the place we're headed. That's the inheritance that's reserved for you in heaven. For those that are true and faithful. Those that have held on. To reign with him forever. Where there is no more night. Where a thousand years is like one day. Glory to God. Where there's no more pain. No curse. No sorrow. No sin. It's just life. Life and light. 
everything before God. I mean, it, these are the times. I'm going to tell you, that, that's what I mean about, you know, we can't, in our minds, we can't fathom these days. We can't even understand where there's no more night. We can't understand, you know, we just can't think about these things. But it's going to come a time where, hey, everything's going to be open to you. You're not, it's, nothing's going to be hidden from you. And here's the thing that gets, here's the thing that really gets me, right? There are, there are people in our families that have went on to be with the Lord that we have never met. We've never even seen them other than a photograph. Great, 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 whatever. They're waiting for us. They're a great cloud of witnesses. And you'll see them, those family members. From generations, like we, we saw in Psalm 9, generations to generations, that are God. They've been waiting on us. And for them, it's going to be like yesterday. For us, it's been like a long time. And we'll see them, and we'll, we'll see them, and we'll know them. How do we know somebody that we never met? Because they're part of us. They're your family. And we have a joyous time together. Rejoicing in the presence of our Lord. Forever. See, contrast this with those in the lake of fire. Forever. In torment forever. With their thoughts forever. With the eternal flame forever. Here we are forever. In verse 6, and these, and he said unto them, these sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show it unto his servants, the things which must shortly be done. This is for the faithful and for the true. These things, these sayings are faithful and true. And this is for the us to hold on to. See, again, death is not the final place. Here we are for eternity. We will have life. We will see living God we'll see our Lord we'll see him face to face and be with them ruling and reigning forever with them that's something that we should keep ever before our minds when you start thinking about other things that are happening in this temporal world this temporal life there's one coming and our victory is always in Jesus Christ amen This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.